Welcome to Confessions of Ignorance. This is Emily, and my co-host Kirsten is not able to make it with us today, but we do have a really special guest. Allie, do you want to introduce yourself? Hello. Yes. My name is Allie Bascom. I am a nurse practitioner, and I treat people with ketamine. Yeah. So I don't know if you, whoever has heard of ketamine treatments, I heard about it for the first time, maybe like six months ago. So we're going to do a deep dive into ketamine infusion treatment. Is that what you would say it? Yeah. Ketamine infusion therapy. Okay, perfect. But first, before we do, we like to, this is totally unrelated to the podcast episode, but we always like to do a fun little segment with our um, guests. I've not prepared you for this. <laughs> we call it a little Marco Polo segment. Have you heard of Marco Polo? Yes, I have. I used to use it. Okay. Well, we are like my sisters and I, my whole family, we are like um, Marco Polo addicts. We're always on Marco Polo talking to each other. And we always just like to talk about a topic that has come up recently in our Marco Polo threads with our friends, family, whatever. I love it. Yes. And we thought this one would be a good topic for you because you're actually pregnant. Yes, I am. How far along? I am 30 weeks and very ready to be done. (laughs) You're so close. So close. You are so close. And this is your first pregnancy? Yes. Okay. And it's a... It's a girl. Girl. Congrats. So So, fun. So excited. Well, we were actually talking about the other day, I was talking to somebody who was telling me about their pregnancy cravings. Oh man, here we go. I want to know. Well, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll just start, share this person's first. You are not going to believe they craved a brick. What? I know. No. They kept a brick under their bed. Oh my gosh. I think there's like a certain name for it. Pika. Oh, that's what it yeah. is. Yeah. Is that the same thing like with chalk? I think pica basically is when you have cravings for things that are not food, like non-food items, so like dirt or yeah, like a brick or chalk or just, you know, any substance that isn't considered food. Wow. I know. (laughs) That was the craziest one I had heard. I did not have cravings like that, but I want to know, do you have, have you had any cravings? Definitely. I think my cravings have kind of changed and evolved like over the course of my pregnancy, when I was very first pregnancy, I actually craved a lot of like salad and citrus fruits, which is kind of weird. Look at you. That's so healthy. You know, I think it's because I was severely uh, malnourished because I wasn't eating very healthy. (laughs) And so my body was like, eat salad, eat fruits and vegetables, you know? Uh Um, So that's kind of like the main thing. And then I went through a major quesadilla phase. Yeah. Something about like the the cheese yeah, and the grease maybe and, and just like the tortilla and the hot sauce oh yeah. and that didn't give you heartburn no I actually didn't get start getting heartburn until like a few weeks ago and yeah that's the bane of my existence now yes Not I fun. never got it maybe like Lucky. once or twice in my pregnancies but I know it's I know it can be brutal yeah when I was pregnant with my first, I had a huge Subway craving. Oh, really? I haven't been, I probably haven't been to Subway since, but there was probably like a two, one to two month period of time where I would, I wanted to go like every day and I'd probably go like three times a week. That is hilarious. It was so random. I don't know where it came from. Yeah. And now that I'm thinking about it, I had a Taco Bell Crunchwrap Supreme few weeks where I was like, if I don't get a Crunchwrap, I'm going to die. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel you. I hope you treated yourself I to did. those Crunchwraps sure as often as you wanted. I did. It was great. I did have a huge aversion to sweets my first trimester really? with both babies. Yes. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So I think I experienced more food aversions yeah. than food cravings. Yeah. I haven't had too many aversions. The main thing is meat, mm-hmm. which I, I wouldn't say I'm a picky eater, but meat, generally is just kind of one of those things that I'm concerned about. I don't know. Like I can't do anything gamey generally. And so that's been amplified in pregnancy. So like never really had issues with beef, but beef has been hard for me during pregnancy. It just depends. Yeah. But I did go to Ruth's Chris for the first time for Valentine's day. And that was the best steak I've ever had. You liked it? Yeah. It was really good. (laughs) I went to Ruth's Chris for Valentine's Day when I was pregnant with my first, and we saw um, Christian Bale there. No way. In Salt Lake? 
uh, I think it was like Park City. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was. It's my claim to fame. Uh, yeah, you're famous. Now. Yes. I didn't actually love the steak, but I did oh, love really? seeing him. Oh, I don't know. I, I didn't. Well, I didn't used to be a big steak person. I yeah. am now. So I okay. think maybe if I went now, years later, different. it would be different. I got you. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Okay. So like I talked about, we're going to talk about ketamine infusion therapy. Can you just, first of all, Tell our listeners where you work and how you even got into this. Yeah, absolutely. So I work for a clinic called Great Salt Lake Medical. That's like our official LLC, but our DBA like business name is Affordable Ketamine Clinic. And um, I wish I could say I had like this huge passion for mental health and that's what I wanted to do. And I wanted to, you know, treat people. And that's just so not how this happened. I honestly just stumbled upon this job. Um, I was a nurse for about eight years and prior to becoming a nurse practitioner. And I spent the majority of my time working in surgery, which I loved. Like I loved the OR. I was also like perioperative nursing. So pre-op, post-op, and then PACU. And I loved it. Um, when I decided to go to NP school, I wanted to work with a surgeon in a clinic too. So like clinic a few days a week and then in the OR as a first assist, that was my plan. Um, and then a few months before I graduated, I was just browsing jobs on Indeed. And I found a job posting for ketamine infusions that piqued my interest, especially because the clinic was in the same building as the clinic I was doing my rotations at, which was so random. Yeah. It's like meant to be. I know, I guess. So I met with the owners and they briefly explained the position and, you know, what it entailed. And it sounded really interesting. Um, But I still had several months till I graduated. So as I continued to, you know, work towards graduating, I kind of came to understand that working as a nurse practitioner is similar to working as a nurse in many ways, because depending where you are, you have to hustle and that's not a bad thing. Don't get me wrong. I have so much respect for nurses, but after my time as a nurse, I wanted a little bit more of a chill lifestyle after Mm -hmm. all of those hustling years, um, as an RN. So I kind of changed my desires, I guess, my outlook, my perspective on the type of job I wanted to get. So after meeting with the owners of the clinic briefly, you know, we stayed in touch, but I graduated July of 2022. And then I was busy planning my wedding. I got married in September of that year. And then October is when the owners reached out and they were like, you know, we hired somebody else in the meantime, but our clinic has grown and we, we need another provider. Are you still interested? And I was like, count me in. And had you heard of ketamine infusion therapy before this? No, I hadn't. I didn't even know what it was. And so that's part of what piqued my interest. And the other part was that I would still get to participate in like nursing tasks of like monitoring vitals and placing IVs and still being involved in patient care while also being the one that's essentially prescribing the medication and doing the evaluation and and all of the, you know, NP role Mm -hmm. stuff as well, if that makes sense. Yes. So can you just give a brief explanation then, like an overview of what ketamine infusions are and how they're used in medical treatments? Totally. So ketamine is a dissociative anesthetic. It's commonly used in surgery for anesthesia, sedation, and also for pain control. It's all dependent on the dose that you're given. Um, Over the last 10 years, though, it's been recognized and studied as an antidepressant. So ketamine infusion therapy for mood disorders is a very new type of treatment that not a lot of people know about, but it's becoming more popular as more people try it and have success with it. Um, A lot of our referrals actually come from psychiatrists and therapists who have more knowledge of alternative types of therapies and approaches to treating mood disorders. But a a big chunk of our referrals also come just from patients who have done the treatments themselves and have had so much success that they tell their friends, their family, you know, whoever, and then um, more people try it and more people have success. And so it's definitely gaining traction, I guess Mm -hmm. you could say. Yeah. And 
The only thing I knew about ketamine prior to hearing about it for treatment of mental health and pain was that it was, it's just like a recreational drug. Yeah. And I have to say, like, I always heard of it as a horse tranquilizer. Like that's, I didn't know that. Like when I was in nursing school, it was always like, oh, ketamine is a horse tranquilizer, which I didn't even really know what that mean. But then, yeah, also like in the context of illicit drugs and abusing drugs. But other than that, I really didn't know much about it. But working in surgery, I did know that sometimes it is used in surgery as well. I just didn't know much more than that because obviously I wasn't like the one administering it, if Mm -hmm. that makes sense. So yeah, totally. So can you explain then the mechanisms behind ketamine's potential therapeutic effects on mental health conditions? Absolutely. Um, Before I get into all the sciencey stuff, though, I do have a couple of disclaimers. So I want to state that mood disorders are very complex and they can be attributed to many different factors, right? So biological factors, genetic factors, environmental factors, just to name a few. Um, I also want to say that depression is not the only mood disorder that we treat with ketamine, but for the sake of this podcast and for some of the research that I've done and relying on published information, I'm going to mostly be relating um, what I talk about with ketamine therapy for the treatment of depression, but just know that that's not the only indication. And I have had great success treating several other mood disorders. Can you name what those others are? I will. I have, I'll go into that in detail a little bit later if that's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, and then lastly, I am so not an expert on ketamine therapy. <laughs> um, I've had to do a lot of research myself, which is still ongoing. I'm still learning and things I learned in the beginning of my training have evolved and changed even over just the last 16 months since I've been doing this. So just like many other things in medicine, the research and treatment protocols for ketamine therapy are always evolving. Um, ketamine therapy is not like a black and white science it's it's there's a lot of gray area but that's true for a lot of things Mm -hmm. yeah anyway okay so after i give those disclaimers um this is kind of a brief overview of how ketamine works so um for the purpose of what we're talking about today like i said i'm mostly going to focus on um ketamine to treat depression so um as far as what's going on in the brain with major depressive disorder, an accepted basis or etiology is that there isn't an adequate level of different neurotransmitters in the brain, such as serotonin, dopamine, and norepinephrine, which in turn causes symptoms that we often think of with depression, such as fatigue, low motivation, hopelessness, irritability, loss of interest or pleasure in doing normal activities, Sleep disturbances like sleeping too much or not enough, increased or decreased appetite, and suicidal ideation, to name a few. Um, The mechanism of action of ketamine in the brain is similar to that of other antidepressant medications in that it prevents the reuptake of these neurotransmitters in the brain, specifically serotonin and dopamine. And what this means is that there's more of these neurotransmitters available or left over, which with repeated medication use or administration allows the levels of the neurotransmitters in your brain to increase, thereby promoting an antidepressant effect and relieving some of the symptoms I just mentioned. So what I commonly see with patients undergoing treatment is an increase in motivation and desire to do things, which for so many patients is life-changing because when you go from not being able to get out of bed to feeling like you actually want to do things like clean your house, go to the gym, or hang out with friends, that gives you a sense of purpose and can make you feel so much better and more like yourself, which is really the exact words that a lot of my patients say is I feel so much more like myself. Yeah. It seems like life altering, life changing, totally giving you your life back. Exactly. Yeah. And, and then do you feel like, I mean, this is kind of sidetracked a little bit, but do you, do you know if these people that have are doing ketamine have tried other medications in the past? Absolutely. I would say the majority of them have either tried medications or are currently on medications mm-hmm. and they're just not getting the symptomatic relief that they 
want to. And so they're reaching for something else to see if it will help. Yeah, absolutely. So do you know like the scientific explanation for what ketamine is doing to the brain? Yeah. So I've read quite a few studies on it and many of them state that although ketamine to treat depression and other mood disorders has been studied quite a bit and there's been a lot of research done the exact mechanism isn't fully understood and that's true for other things too like even antidepressants um so i just wanted to mention that because despite the research that has gone into it it's not an exact science there's a lot of gray area and i know i already mentioned that but um i've heard from many patients that they've gone to other clinics that provide ketamine therapy and have a very different protocol than what uh, what my clinic follows, and they've had good results, which shows that it's not just like one protocol and is the only way to go about it, because that's not true. When you say protocol, what do you mean by that? Like the dosage? Yeah, just as far as like how we dose it in individuals and um, the length of the infusion and things like that. Okay. So having said that, um, ketamine works in the brain by blocking the NMDA receptor, which we've already talked about, but this prevents the reuptake of serotonin and dopamine. Um, different studies have shown that administering ketamine at a sub-anesthetic level, meaning not a level that's going to put you to sleep, but a really low dose, uh, can provide a strong antidepressant effect that is sustained. It can increase something called neurogenesis and neuroplasticity in the brain, meaning that new pathways can be created. And it has also been noted to significantly reduce suicidal thoughts and tendencies, which is very amazing. So that's kind of a really basic sciencey way of explaining what ketamine is doing in the brain, how it kind of produces that antidepressant effect, and then how it can in turn Re, uh, improve symptoms of depression and other mood disorders. Mm -hmm. And so you talked about protocol a little bit. Can you just kind of walk me through, let's say I'm a patient, for example, what is that process like? Like I call, I set up an appointment, then what? Yeah, absolutely. So um, you call and set up an appointment. You can either do an in-house evaluation with me where we go over your medical history make sure you're a good candidate, and then I essentially prescribe the treatment to you. Or you can get an outside referral from either a psychiatrist or a family doctor. It does have to be somebody with prescriptive authority because the referral they're giving is essentially prescribing the medication to you. Okay. So it can't come from like a therapist or somebody who can't prescribe medication. So mm -hmm. an MD, an NP, or a PA. So I can't just call up and just schedule an appointment. Then it's not that easy. Right. Okay. You can schedule an eval and okay. an infusion, um, but you would have to do both if you don't have a referral. Okay. Um, as far as the protocol we follow, um, it's based off of a research study that's done at the National Institutes of Mental Health. So we recommend six ketamine infusions over a two to four week period. Each infusion is 40 minutes long, and the dose that you receive is based on your weight. Um, we do recommend listening to music during your infusion that doesn't have lyrics, and that's something that you find relaxing. If you're curious of, of an example of what that might be, look up Liquid Mind on Apple Music or Spotify, and that will give you a good idea of the type of music that uh, is beneficial for ketamine therapy. Of course, it's not like a one-size-fits-all type of thing, but generally the type of music we're getting at is frequencies, instrumental music, earth tones or sounds, um, and any other type of music that would be considered like meditative. Mm -hmm. And so the lyric thing, is that because like you don't want those words altering your thoughts? Yeah, you don't want kind of the outside influence of words to distract you or to yeah plant thoughts in your mind. You just want whatever you experience during the infusion to come from yourself, if mm -hmm. that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the music is actually a very integral part of the infusion because it guides the infusion and helps to keep your brain moving during the infusion. Um, and then our clinic specifically does IV infusions. Some clinics will offer different methods like intramuscular injections, nasal spray, or will even prescribe... Um, oral ketamine which are called trochies they're these little things you put in your mouth and then dissolve 
We actually don't offer any of those other modalities. We only do IV infusions. So we use a really small IV and it's connected to a syringe that's on a syringe pump and that slowly infuses the ketamine over 40 minutes. It does render you somewhat incapacitated as far as motor control, kind of like if you were drunk. Mm -hmm. So if I pulled your IV out and asked you to stand up and walk, you wouldn't be able to. Like, you'd be like, I'm not sure I have legs right now. You're just that kind of out of it. Yeah. I mean, you could probably talk a little bit, Uh probably have some slurred speech. It really takes about 10 to 15 minutes for that motor control and everything to kind of come back. But... Um, the side effects wear off pretty rapidly, which honestly contributes to an overall very smooth experience from start to finish the, it takes just a few minutes for the ketamine to kick in. And then, you know, so it, it goes in really quickly and then it comes down really quickly. And I've had a lot of patients who've done the IM injections who have said that it's not a very pleasant experience and that the IV infusion is much more pleasant to them for that purpose. So I am injection, intermuscular injection. What, what is that? Like? Yeah, it's just different clinics will offer that where you'll just go in and they'll, they'll do like, I don't even know, a, a shot in an, in your arm. And then a few minutes later, another shot. And then a few minutes later, another shot. And because we don't do that, I don't really understand mm-hmm. their protocol and why they're doing that. But the metabolism is different. The absorption is different. And like I said, many patients who have gone that route have explained that it's very like different every time. Sometimes they'll come out of it really quickly. Other times it takes a really long time and, and it's, it's less, way less predictable Mm -hmm. and they don't like that. So, so I, I come in, I get the treatment. We're saying I have my headphones in listening to music, no lyrics, um, about 40 minutes, you said. Yep. I'm imagining you can't drive after. Correct. So you have to have... Yes, you need to have a driver. So we, it's our clinic policy that you actually bring somebody with you to sit with you during your infusion and then drive you home. And sometimes I get some backlash on this, but actually last night I had a situation where I will now never allow anybody to come alone. I was treating a patient who I've treated many times, so I wasn't like worried about it. The fire alarm went off. No. Mid-infusion. And I was like, oh my gosh, I am 30 weeks pregnant. If there's a fire in this building, I can't carry this guy out. And so is he just like totally limp? Oh, completely limp. He can't move. And his ride- What are the chances? I know. And his ride was like, I'm just going to go run an errand. You know, I really should have insisted that he stayed- but I didn't. And I learned my lesson. Luckily there was just some construction downstairs that caused like a lot of dust to be stirred up that triggered the fire alarm. So everything Mm -hmm. was fine. But now I'm going to stand my ground and just say, I'm sorry. Like it needs. And, and also like, don't bring your 90 year old grandma either. Like (gasps) that's, Oh my gosh. She's not going to help much. (laughs) Yeah. Like in the event of an emergency, like bring somebody who can help you get out because I'll help as much as I can, but for the next little while, that's going to be limited. So yeah. So was he, was he like so startled then in the middle of his infusion? Actually, luckily there's no fire alarms in our suite. It was just out in the hall. So I could hear the alarm out in the hall, but when I closed our door and like went into the treatment room, you couldn't hear it at all. So luckily it didn't impact his infusion, which I'm really grateful for. But yeah, I was a little nervous there for a minute. So with a larger person, you have to do then a larger dose of the ketamine. Yeah, I'm trying not to disclose our exact, the the exact Mm -hmm. protocol that we use, but yes, it is based on your weight and that's why it's important to have an accurate weight. And I mean, generally I don't like to ask people their weight, but when it comes to medical things and treatments, it's just, well, that's important. It's important. Yeah. So let's say someone, I mean, 40 minutes is a long time. I'm somebody, I, I probably have to go to the bathroom every 20 minutes in my life. Yep. If they have to go to the bathroom, is oh, that no. not happening? It's not happening. Okay. So I, I always tell patients, like, we recommend fasting to begin with because ketamine can cause nausea. Um, you can drink water up until your infusion, but I always say, like, don't guzzle it because when you come to, it's like your brain comes to before your legs do. And so your bladder will start screaming at you, but your legs don't work yet. And so you're just sitting in this limbo of like torture. (laughs) Yeah. Really needing to go to the bathroom, but not being able to walk. So I just recommend, you know, 
if you cannot drink for like 30 minutes to an hour before great Mm -hmm. then you can kind of prevent that torturous time period and you said fasting how many hours before for that we recommend four hours and then if after like a couple of infusions you're not nauseous just down to two hours uh the ketamine can cause some like motion sickness type side effects and so if there's a bunch of food in your stomach it can kind of stir it up and make you feel like you might need to vomit or be nauseous so not eating for a few hours beforehand helps okay so you mentioned some people are nauseous after that's obviously a side effect yes. is that pretty common yeah i would say nausea is probably one of the biggest side effects unfortunately it's a whole range a whole spectrum from like zero nausea to puking in the chair and anywhere in between which is really sad because i just can't predict how how somebody's going to respond yeah. so i usually will add some zofran to the treatment to help prevent that and then the zofran combined with the fasting is generally enough but if after there's a lot of nausea and vomiting, then we can either double the Zofran the next time or switch to a different medication called promethazine, which is very effective for nausea, but it's a little bit sedating. It makes you sleepy. And so that's why I don't like to start with it because I'd rather not make you sleepy if I can help it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it seems like the, I mean, a little bit of nausea um, in exchange for like regaining your life back and your motivation is definitely worth it 100 percent. and i mean i've i literally had a patient say that the other day he was feeling pretty nauseous he was kind of sweating after which i like never see but he was like you know i'll take nausea over feeling suicidal and in that moment i was like i agree with you like I mean, that's really what, that's the reality of what some patients are dealing with right now. Mm -hmm. Like, so. And it seems like this is kind of like their last hope sometimes. Yeah. Like a treatment they haven't heard of that's new. Yeah. And unfortunately it's not currently covered by insurance. And so it can be cost prohibitive, which is really unfortunate. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's definitely sometimes kind of a last I don't want to say last ditch effort, but kind of like we've tried everything else. Like Mm -hmm. let's try this now. And fortunately it is very helpful and beneficial for a lot of people. Yeah. So you talked about the cost. Do you want to get into the cost of like what a treatment would be? Yeah, for sure. So, um, our clinic name is affordable ketamine clinic. I have researched other clinics in the Valley. I do think we're very competitively priced if you bring your own referral, then we don't have to do any eval that waives the evaluation fee. If you have to do an in-house evaluation, that's 150 just for the eval. And then each treatment is 285. So what we do is we'll just put your credit card on file. And then as you schedule your infusions, we'll charge a card. So it's not like you have to come up with, you know, 285 times six right up front. Mm-hmm. Um, just as you schedule charge you so um but because it is not run through insurance you know we do expect you to pay for each treatment as you schedule them okay and you talked about six treatments is your recommendation yep is this a lifelong thing it like like are people coming back often is it like a one-time that's a really great question so i really like to set expectations up front with my patients that ketamine is not a cure it is a treatment just like anything else. And so, yes, it will require maintenance. Unfortunately, I've only been treating patients with ketamine for 16 months. So I don't have, you know, years and years of anecdotal knowledge to say, you know, what people do over the long term. But generally, you need maintenance infusions because it's not curing you, it's just treating you. So I always tell patients after they've done their six infusions, especially if they've had a really good result to just kind of write it out after that sixth, evaluate how they're doing in a month, in two months, in three months. And once they start to feel a mental decline or symptoms returning, that's how they know it's time to come back for a booster. I'm never going to say you have to come back in X amount of time. You have to come back monthly or you have to come back every two months because it's not up to me. I don't know how you're feeling. I don't know what's going on in your brain. You do. And so I just, it's 
patients are always like, well, how am I going to know? And I'm like, you're, you'll know, you'll know. you will you'll feel, feel it. it. Yeah. Especially like I said, when they've had really good results, they're feeling so good when they start to feel not so good. They're like, Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So I treat a handful of patients on a monthly basis, a handful every two to three months. It's really just dependent on, you know, a lot of factors, coping mechanisms, your original response to the ketamine, obviously finances, there's a lot of things that, you know, are involved in it, but. So we talked about the nausea, the cost. Do you, from what you know, are there any other cons that come to mind of it? Honestly, no, which I love that as a provider because I feel like what I'm doing is very safe and honestly, there's no harm in trying it. Mm -hmm. Like, as long as it's for the right reasons, the right indications, like there's really no long-term negative side effects of using ketamine in this way. Obviously abuse is different. You know, if you abuse or misuse pretty much anything that can cause consequences and long-term side effects, but the dose we use is so low that I'm really not too worried about any negative things happening. Um, as far as like um, things to be worried about or like safety considerations, I am worried about patients that currently use or abuse drugs or alcohol just because um, ketamine is also a drug, right? Yeah. So we need to know the intentions. When I first started doing the infusions, I was like, man, is this going to just be a target for like drug seekers? But I quickly realized it's too expensive. Yeah. So that's good. That's so true. Um, but, but you are more affordable because true. I know there's some places yeah. that will be like $500 I know, which is session. so crazy yeah. to me. Um, but ketamine is a central nervous system depressant, right? And so are a lot of other drugs and alcohol. So if, you, if a patient comes in and uses alcohol frequently, we have to talk about that and, you know, explain the importance of not using alcohol around that same time. Um as far as like other drug use, ketamine can actually help with addiction. So it does reduce cravings for alcohol and cocaine, which is actually really cool. So I have treated a couple of patients who've had alcohol, like substance use disorder, who want to quit and it helps with their cravings. That's fascinating. I know. So it, okay. It helps with depression. You've mentioned that it helps with cravings and like, um, addictions. Yes. Can you shed some light on other um, other factors that it could help other mood disorders or whatever. Absolutely. So ketamine was first marketed as therapy for treatment resistant depression. Um, but over the last 16 months that I've been treating patients, I've seen tons of positive results treating depression, anxiety, suicidal ideation, PTSD, bipolar disorder, chronic pain, ADD, OCD and addiction. Um, as I mentioned before, I based a, a lot of uh, my previous answers on research that has been done specifically related to ketamine for depression. But in my own personal experience, I've seen a huge improvement in many other mood disorders, particularly anxiety, PTSD, and bipolar disorder. I do treat a lot of patients that have ADD or ADHD and OCD, but generally these are accompanied by depression or anxiety. So it's hard to understand how much ketamine is treating each mood disorder individually instead of collectively, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. Yeah, it's hard to target. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I do know we have a cousin and he had a bad... um, accident and basically broke so many things um was very depressed a lot of different things and he felt like he had tried everything yeah and he tried ketamine infusion and he said it gave him his life back really yeah like he thought he would never go back to work his work is more like hands-on and like he can he can work now it's just crazy so cool and i really do feel like it's like I like you talked about the pain management i feel like it helped him with that everything it's just amazing it's honestly an incredible drug are there any like notable success stories um of patients experiences that stand out to you oh man it's so hard because i have treated so many patients at this point 
And whenever I have a new patient coming in for treatment, I always tell them, you know, 99% of the patients I've treated have had success with ketamine. The response is different for everyone. Some patients have said it was life-changing. Others have said it was either mildly or moderately helpful. Um, but there's so many factors that go into it. I can't really think of a specific success story off the top of my head, but I've treated several patients in what I call crisis mode, meaning they're like one step away from either severely harming themselves or from needing inpatient psychiatric care. Mm -hmm. And usually after just one or two infusions, their suicidal ideation is either significantly reduced or completely gone. And every time I hear this, it almost makes me emotional because no one should have to feel like harming themselves or taking their life is their only option. Mm -hmm. That should never be an option. Um, so yeah, ketamine has a very strong antidepressant effect and is super helpful with suicidal ideation, which is incredible. So can I ask, have you tried ketamine yourself? Yes, actually I have. Um, so for the first few months of treating patients, I would get that question all the time. Like, have you tried it? Do you know what it's like? And I was just like, nope, I haven't. Like it's, you know, it's mm -hmm. a controlled substance. Like I haven't, you know, need, I, no. Um, which made me kind of feel bad because I couldn't really relate to them on that level. Um, but then about a year ago, I was feeling really down and I noticed I didn't really want to go to the gym. I didn't want to clean or do laundry. Didn't really want to get out of bed. And for a few weeks, I was like, why am I being so lazy? Like, what is wrong with me? And then it dawned on me. I wasn't being lazy. Mm -hmm. I was having some seasonal affective disorder or some seasonal depression, which I had never had before. So after thinking about it for a few weeks, I decided to start the treatments. And the first couple were kind of weird. And I was like, why am I doing this? This is so weird. Like, is this even going to help? Like, I can't believe this is what I do for my job. Yeah. You know, like uh -huh. it was just so interesting and then after my fourth infusion i woke up maybe two days later i think it was a monday morning and it was like a switch had flipped in my brain and all of a sudden i was like i'm going to the gym today i want to clean my house today i'm doing all of the laundry and i'm not laying in bed it was so weird that's crazy i know but i felt so much better so i did the recommended protocol of six and then i did a monthly booster infusion until i got pregnant so I'm honestly so grateful I went through that because now I can relate to my patients. And I mean, I get asked all the time, like, have you ever done this? And I'm like, mm -hmm. yes, I have. And, and it, it was so helpful for me. And so, you'll keep doing it. Yeah. I can't do it right now yes. while I'm pregnant, but um, I'm keeping it in my back pocket just in case I have any like postpartum anxiety or depression that I need to deal with. Mm. And I know that it's something that could be useful. So you talked about how after four treatments, a, like a kind of a switch flipped. Is yeah. that pretty typical, would you say, for your the patients you've seen? Like maybe it takes about four treatments for them to see? Yes. Yeah. So I, I do like to set the expectation as well that like, unless you're kind of in that crisis mode that I talked about, most people aren't when they come in. They're just not functioning well, or they're just, you know, barely hanging on by a thread. Um, but they're still able to like work and, you know, kind of take care of normal day-to-day -day things. So I always tell them like, trust the process. Don't be concerned if after two, three or four infusions, you're not feeling super different. It's generally after infusion four, five or six that my patients come back and they're like, okay, like they've had a few weeks of treatment to kind of reflect on how they're feeling. And I'll ask them specific questions like, how is your suicidal ideation? How are your depression symptoms? How, like, are you feeling anxious? Like, what about your trauma triggers? And then once I kind of ask and they reflect, they're like, wait, I haven't had any suicidal ideation or wait, I used to have anxiety every day and now I've had it like way less. And it's kind of this reflective thing. Mm -hmm. And so some, it just really depends. Some patients are, you know, immediately like, I feel so much better, but others are, it takes a little bit more time to see that change. And that's, that doesn't concern me because it's just common. Yeah. Um, and so is it, a common thing to do like therapy with yes. the treatment? Yes. I always recommend therapy for mood disorders, regardless of what 
treatment you're doing, whether that's traditional medications, ketamine therapy, whatever. Um, Therapy is incredibly important and it's 100% not my area of expertise. Mm -hmm. So, um, but when you pair therapy with ketamine, it's especially with a therapist who has been trained in ketamine integration, it's just that much more helpful because they can use certain tools to access and help you essentially sift through your ketamine experience and particularly for PTSD too, um, to kind of help address those, those problems or triggers that have been kind of buried in your brain and and work through it. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So we talked about the safety considerations. Um, are there any other things you can think of, like what are important for individuals considering yeah. to yeah. do this? So obviously pregnancy, um, can't do ketamine if you're pregnant. Um, and then other comorbidities or health conditions, specifically like heart conditions or high blood pressure, ketamine can like during the infusion, it can slightly raise your blood pressure and your heart rate. So if you already have high blood pressure, especially if it's untreated, we want to make sure that you're, you know, getting that under control because we don't want to exacerbate your high blood pressure. Um, if, uh, I had a patient actually a couple weeks ago, I've been treating this guy for a while. He's awesome. He's young. He's actually a dentist. He's healthy. And, um, his wife texted me and was like, Hey, can I schedule an appointment for him? And, I was like, yeah, totally. And she was like, here's some new medications he's on. And they were like all of these heart medications. And I was like, wow, did he like have a blood clot? And she was like, no, just a major heart attack. And I was like, hold on, excuse me. And it had been like three weeks, I think, and everything was fine. And, um, but I, I basically had to tell them like, I think it's going to be okay for you to be treated, but you have to be cleared by your cardiologist because the last thing we want to do is exacerbate or make any anything worse regarding to the Mm -hmm. the heart you know so um his cardiologist cleared it and and he was fine but yeah that's crazy i know just a major heart attack that's all you know like right after a crossfit workout like healthy guy crazy does crossfit all of a sudden has chest pain it was honestly just like a fluke because all of his like blood tests were normal it was just so weird but maybe like genetic i don't even know that's crazy i know um so do you have concerns then for the misuse of ketamine? In this situation, I don't. Like I said, I was worried about it when I first started doing these treatments. Realized quickly it's too expensive for people who are just, you know, wanting a high. Yeah. Um, and as far as like abusing it, I'm generally not treating patients after they've done their first initial series. I'm generally not treating patients more than once a month. And so it's like, if you're getting treated once a month, I just really wouldn't consider that to be like, I need more ketamine. You yeah. know what I mean? Because it doesn't so, seem like addictive. Yeah. Anything is yeah. when you abuse it and use it too frequently in too high of a dose, right? But when you're using it in our therapeutic, super low dose range and when it's monitored and all this stuff, I'm not worried about misuse in the Mm -hmm. slightest so what advice do you have for people who are interested then in exploring ketamine infusion therapy honestly i would totally recommend it um my clinic offers a free 15 minute consultation over the phone so it's a great place to start to just get some general info like you know if you have any specific questions about the process or you know a lot of the things we've talked about here I also recommend doing your own research to see if it's a good fit. A lot of times I have patients come in and they said like, I've read studies, I've, you know, I've done all this research. I feel like this would be helpful for me, which I totally appreciate as a provider because Mm -hmm. it's not like they're coming in blind. Like they have already spent the time trying to figure out if this would be a good fit for them. Um, So free 15 minute consultation, do your own research, talk to other people who've done the treatment. If you know of anybody, like if you have a cousin or a friend or a coworker, that's like, yeah, I know somebody like get as much info as you can about it. And honestly, just go for it. Like I said, there's really no like 
negative side effects or consequences obviously if you just want to try it for fun we're going to tell you no yeah you probably won't get the prescription (laughs) yeah it has to be for you know an actual mood disorder that you need help with to be treated um but it's not like the qualifications are rigid you know as long as we get a good medical history and understand that you know you're really struggling and need some help like we're pretty much going to recommend it um is would pain qualify like if somebody's in chronic pain yeah that would qualify yeah so we actually have two different types of infusions that we do we do a 40 minute mood infusion and then we do a 75 minute pain infusion the pain infusion is ketamine and then we also add magnesium and lidocaine to help with the just with increased pain control and i have treated patients with like fibromyalgia uh, migraines um, complex regional pain syndrome. I definitely do way more mood disorders than I do chronic pain treatments, but it is an option Mm -hmm. for patients with chronic pain. Well, thank you. This has been fascinating. I've never tried ketamine infusion therapy and I've never, I don't feel like I've struggled hugely with any mood disorders, but I know this would be like top of my list if I do, Yeah, (laughs) because it just sounds, I mean, everybody like that I've, I I just know people whose lives have changed because of it. Yeah. Um, and I just, good job you for like (laughs) for spreading the word and, you know, administering this and it's just awesome. Honestly, I'm so grateful that this came to me because, um, my brother is also a nurse practitioner and he was working in primary care at the time that I got this job. And there ended up being an opening in our other clinic in Kaysville. And he actually left his job in primary care and he uh, works for the same company at our Kaysville clinic. So it's really affected my family in that way too, because, you know, this is our career now. I've been able to get the treatments because of it. And it's honestly just been so amazing. And I would have never expected like you know, two years ago or three years ago that my brother and I would be working for the same clinic doing ketamine infusions. Like what? Mm -hmm. But here we are and we love it. And it's honestly so fulfilling because of the response rate. Like it's just- Yeah, well, like the stories you've talked about, it's just crazy. It's amazing. So thank you. We do like to just ask all of our guests some questions totally unrelated to the topic. (laughs) Sure. It's just fun. Get to know you a little bit better. What are three of your favorite products you're using right now? And this also doesn't have to be products. It could be like TV shows or books or whatever. Oh, perfect. Well, um, my husband and I are currently binging The Resident. I don't know if oh, you've yeah, ever seen I that. I have watched that. Uh-huh. It is so good. It's obviously not like 100% medically accurate as far as like who's doing what, but as far as like the conditions that they explain and diagnose, it's it's pretty accurate. And I, I really enjoy that. And my husband does too. How, how far into it are you? Oh, I think we just started ooh, either season three or season four. Okay. So, and really that's good. with, um, whatever his name is on Gilmore Girls yes. is it Logan or something I don't even know how to say his real name his first name is Matt he's got a funky last name but yeah I think he played Logan in Gilmore okay, Girls okay yeah, yeah 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 he's great and then Emily Van Camp I don't know if you ever watched Revenge I did yes <laughs> so good so good that's She's another good one yeah, yeah. kind of cheesy but like so yeah, good so good okay so yeah we're doing that and then um a couple of products actually my skin has been so itchy during pregnancy mm, and it's I've heard that's a thing driving me crazy so i've been using just like plain fractionated coconut oil on mm, like my okay. arms my legs my belly highly recommend it's very soft it helps with the itching it helps with the itching well i think i have it because of like the dryness yeah i have dry skin okay. anyway so if i can put that on like right after i shower it helps a lot so i really like that okay i do kind of similar but i do beef tallow Oh, have what? you heard of that? No. Yeah, it's like a, it. It's like an animal fat. Yeah, but I like people use it to cook. Yeah, but I use it on my face. Where do you get it? You can just get it on Amazon. Oh, like you what? can get it. You can get it at like store different stores. Redmond Farms and Orem no sells way. it. Yeah, it's great. It's just awesome. like really helps saturate your dry skin. Yeah. Oh, brilliant! But I'm, I'm sure the that. coconut oil works great. Too. I mean, I'm always up for trying yeah. new things. I actually, on my face, I use jojoba oil. I don't know if you've ever heard mm-hmm. of that. No, I just get it from Amazon, and then I add some orange oil to it, and that's actually what I use, like in place of a moisturizer. It's just 
Mm. Plain jojoba oil. Well, your oil. face looks amazing. Oh, it's glowing. Thank you. So it's working. You know, I've had a lot of pregnancy-induced acne, so oh, the fact I'm that I'm kind of clear right now yeah, is you are. I'm super loving it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so those th- those would be your three then. Yeah. Okay, perfect. And then do you have any daily non-negotiables? So things that you're like, I maybe not every single day, but this is something that's really important to me in my day I like to be able to do. Yeah. It's been really tough during pregnancy, but I love exercising and weightlifting. I I love it. I've been very consistently doing that for the last like five years. And it's been difficult to maintain just because I've been so tired. I haven't been sleeping well, um, but I would say weightlifting, exercising is a big one. Um, you know, my blueberry bagel with strawberry cream cheese in the morning is like kind of my pregnancy Mm. thing right now. And it has to be Tillamook strawberry cream cheese. I just, I don't know what it is. I'm bougie that way. That's fine. I've tried every, you get that Tillamook. I have tried every other strawberry flavored cream cheese and they just do not compare. So have you been to the Tillamook factory? Yes. Pretty cool. I actually just went to Oregon with, um, my mom's sisters and a bunch of aunts and cousins in October of last year. And we went to the factory and it was life-changing. So uh-huh. <laughs> the mac and cheese. <laughs> yeah, I tried it. It was really good. So good. And they had like a really a grilled cheese too. Yeah, so good. Well, that sounds delicious. So where do you get the bagel? Just Bubba's bagels from, you know, wherever. Okay. Whatever store. Yeah. That sounds Blueberry. amazing. Yeah. You got to try it. All right. <laughs> well, is there anything, our podcast is called Confessions of Ignorance. Is there anything you can confess to being ignorant about? Oh my gosh. So many things. When I first was going through NP school and then trying to decide what I wanted to do, my brother was working in primary care at the time and primary care is like the perfect place to just kind of learn a little bit of everything, right? And to get a really good general knowledge of just lots of different things. And he was like, just be careful because if you specialize in something you know, you're going to lose everything else. And I was like, no, I'm not. You know, I was in the thick of studying for my boards and I was like, I'm not going to forget everything. Well, here we are. All I do is ketamine infusion Mm -hmm. therapy. And I mean, I guess I do some aesthetic stuff on the side as well, but I wish I just knew more about like other areas of medicine. It's just hard though, because that's not what I focus on in my career. That's not what I focus on. Like on a daily basis. So really what I need to do is to continue to advance my own knowledge and understanding of ketamine and like other ways to treat mood disorders and to better understand like what, um, if any like research studies are going on related to it, because I honestly don't know. There's tons that have been published Mm -hmm. and I've actually uh, referred to a few that I'll give you the link to. Yeah, that'd be great. um, Just so people can refer back to if they'd like. Um, so there's lots out there, but it would be really good for me if I knew if there's anything else, you know, ongoing currently or whatever. Yeah. Well, you know, a lot more than me (laughs) and more than the average person. (sighs) So thank you so much. And where can our listeners find you? You mentioned the name of your clinic, but can you just uh, repeat it again? Yeah. So affordable ketamine clinic, that is the name of our clinic. And then that's also our email or sorry, our website as well affordableketamineclinic.com that gives an overview of like what our clinic does, our providers. I should also mention we have a, another branch of our clinic, which is called Great Salt Lake Wellness. That's in our Caseville office. And um, our clinic is owned by a clinical psychologist. Her name is Dr. Emily Bullock. She is a veteran from the military and she specializes in trauma therapy. And there's quite a few therapists that work underneath her in our Kaso clinic. They do, you know, therapy and they also do um, something else called ketamine assisted psychotherapy. It's totally different than ketamine infusions. Um, so if you're interested about that, definitely look at our website. That would be Great Salt Lake Wellness. Um, but yeah, that's a good place to start. Okay, perfect. And you work out of the Provo. Uh, Provo office. Yep. Okay, perfect. Well, thank you so much to our listeners. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, and share with a friend.